Father, thank you. Wow. Your presence. We were created to be in your presence. When we're not in your presence, we're out of place. But when we're in your presence, we're in place. For in your presence is only life. So, Father, thank you for your presence. In your son's name, Jesus, I thank you. Amen. Well, praise the Lord. You can take a seat. And I think um, I call him Keith for some reason. He's a pastor. Um, but for whatever reason, I just gone straight to the name Keith. All right. And um, um, he connected with me, like he said, about two years ago. I was at uh, Pastor Porter's church with Tony Kemp, a good friend of mine, a good brother of mine. And uh, he came up and he said, I would like you to come and, and speak at this church. And I said, well, I'm about a year out in scheduling. And uh, he kept after it. And then I said, well, I, it's been about two years. I had to schedule this two years ago to be here. And there's a reason for that. Um, because the things that I have now for the body that's in this building right now would not have been there two years ago. Okay, and so um, I just want to make sure you understand that there's a reason for me to be here at this moment, and there's a reason for you to be in this room at this moment. Um, I don't mind being a draw, and what I mean by that, the um, story I have draws a lot of people because when you die for an hour and 45 minutes, and um, you can prove it through the medical records and the doctors. Um, people are drawn to you. Um, but I don't mind being a draw for Jesus. If, um, for whatever reason, I wouldn't have spoke tonight, it didn't matter to me as long as Jesus is here. Somebody's got to grab that right now. Because sometimes we think we have to speak, and we don't. It's about Jesus. It really is about Jesus. So I say that to you because I want to make sure you understand where I'm coming from uh, and talking to you tonight or speaking to you. I'm listening to the Father as I'm talking now. Uh, I, I gotta apologize because I kept uh, Pastor in his office. We were worshiping. Okay, don't think we were back there just talking about anything. We were worshiping, all right? And uh, the, uh, the pull on me was so strong to um, communicate to him certain things that I had to do it. You know, it's, it's, it's like that old saying, was like fire, shut up in my bones. And so I had to do it. Um, and it was like, I've done my job now. He's got the information. I, I, I can go, to be honest with you, in the sense of he's got the information. Now he got to do what he got with the information. I don't consider myself a, a prophet. You know, it doesn't mean I don't prophesy. You know what I mean? But the reality of it, every once in a while, it comes on me pretty strong. And I've got to tell somebody what i got to tell them um, because he wants them to know because he loves them that much. Amen. Okay? Um, Bernadette, I got it right. Is that good news? Uh, I had to. It's, it's, it's a name that's not as common out there. You hear it every once in a while. There's a lot of names that are very common, John. How many Johns in this room? Any Johns in this room? You don't got a John in this room? 
Oh, you guys are way out there. Uh, there is a John? Oh, good. All right, John. I gave John a book earlier. Am I right? Yeah, the father told me to give you a book, so I gave you one. He tells me what to do, and uh, somebody in here, I always just do what he says. I don't question it. I don't have to know why he said do it. Just do it. Somebody in the room, you're going to hear me say that a lot of times, because a lot of times he'll speak to people by me just saying something. And I know I'm speaking to that person. And somebody in the room, you just need to do what he says, and don't worry about what happens afterwards. You know, and so... I say that to you because I want you to understand there's going to be those times when I'm talking. He knows everybody in this room. He knows your hearts. He knows your thoughts. He knows everything about you. I don't have to call you up and point you out to people. Some of you I will because you won't listen any other way. Seriously. Now, I know some of us like to be called up and brought up, but sometimes that's just saying you ain't listening any other way. And he loves you enough to say, okay, if that's the way you want to hear it, I'll do it that way. Do you guys hear me? All right. But some of you don't need that. You've been asking him, and he's going to confirm some things tonight for you. He's going to confirm some of you that will come back tomorrow. He's going to confirm some things on, on tomorrow night or tomorrow afternoon. Understand that this is a progressive talk. This It's going to build on. I'm not going to share everything that he wants me to share in this moment or even in the next moment. But by the third time, you're going to get the full picture. Okay, I would love to sit up here and share the whole story with you. And just this evening, and, and then come back and do it tomorrow evening. And come back to do the next evening. But because of the work he wants to do in this area, he's saying we will not do that. Okay. A few weeks ago, he said something to me very profound. Evelyn, my friend. I was at her church last night, and I told the people there, if I went to any church here in the Detroit area, I would tell them this message. And, and in saying it to you, I almost want to cry. I almost want to get down on my hands and knees and give them reverence when I say it. But I want you to understand, he wants Detroit. God Almighty wants Detroit. And it's so um, profound in me, I cannot... Uh, I, 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 and, and I know me. See, you don't know me. I go all over the world. I go all over the places. And there's three areas that he's told me he wants. One is California. He wants California. You know what I mean? The other one is Detroit. He wants Detroit. And the third one is, is the between the border of Vermont and New York, up in that area. He wants it. And he's coming to get it. Whether you be a part of it or not. He's coming to get it. Now, I really believe I'm here tonight, as Pastor said, to give you some tools so that you be ready for when it, when it comes. It's already started. We were talking about fishing, and he was telling me how he's a fisherman, you know, and how he likes to go fishing. He was talking about salmon. I, I lived in the, the Northwest for years, and the salmon would come off the ocean, the Pacific Ocean, and go up the streams in Washington State. The first few would just be a few of them. But you knew that big run was coming. Do you understand what I mean? You got a few coming right now, but the big run is on its way. And you've got to be ready for it. Everybody in this room, you're not sitting in this room just to be here because you're going to hear about a man that died and went to heaven. I'll tell you about things of heaven, but you're in here because there's a run that's getting ready to come up the stream and you've got to be ready for it. Okay? 
And so he said, well, if you're not ready, it's still going to come. You can either be a part of it, or you can watch it go by and tell it, oh, look at all those fish coming by. You guys hear what he just said? But he wants Detroit. He's coming after it. And he's God. And, 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 and I like to say this. And I'm going to get into some things. I want to show the DVD because he always wants me to show that because some of you in the room said that the man really died. So I got to show you the doctor that was actually in the room that said the man was really, really dead. I didn't know you could be really, really dead. Okay. Hour and 45 minutes. That's what the medical records say. That's not Dean Braxton said. So some of you need to hear that. And that's okay because it's going to help you to move into hearing the other things that I have to say. I don't have a problem with that. Okay. But you've got to understand that he is after this area just like he was after Nineveh. And if you remember Nineveh, when Jonah finally obeyed, you know, he had some help. He used a fish. Some say, oh well. You know what I mean? You can call it whatever it is, but it was swimming, and he was swallowed up by it. Okay? But when it put him out on the shores of Nineveh, and he went through the town and told them to repent. They repented. And the great thing about it, it wasn't 99% of them that repented. It was 100% of them that repented. See, God is after 100%. He's never after a percentage lower than 100%. Do you guys hear what I just said? And I was telling the pastor, I have the privilege of meeting people that are the descendants from the Ninevites. They're Assyrians right now, they call themselves. But they're Ninevites. And to this day, I found out they still celebrate Jonah coming into their area in Nineveh repenting. You can look it up on the on the on the top buckle or something like that. But they, from centuries ago, when Jonah came into the area and Nineveh, Nineveh repented and was not destroyed as a city, they still celebrate it to this day. He wants Detroit. If you don't get anything else from me, if you don't believe anything else I say, hear this, he wants Detroit. Do you hear what I just said? Some of you know it in your spirit, you felt it, okay? And he wants to use you to move in that direction. Don't wait, say, I'm waiting for the wave. Oh, wait, no, you are the wave. Just know that, you are the wave, okay? Don't, don't hold off talking to people anymore about your Lord. See, I get the opportunity, and we're going to show this video. Do I have my guy back there? Okay, we're going to show the video in a second, all right? But I get the opportunity to go around the world and tell people how great my God is. That's all the testimony is. It's your opportunity to tell people how great your God is. The majority of the Bible is testimonies. Do you guys hear me? That's what it is. It's somebody that had an encounter with God and wrote it in the scriptures, inspired by God, so that you read about it and get inspired by what happened to them. That's all it is. And even when you have Paul or, 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 or the apostles or, or any of them writing even in the letters, they're just breaking down someone's testimony. And breaking it down in such a way so that you understand it even more spiritually of what took place. Sometimes we, we take a testimony and we say, ah, oh, it's just a testimony. No, it's your opportunity to tell people how great your God is. Did you guys hear what I just said? And you need to start, and there's no old testimonies. 
There's no one put on the shelf and, ah, did that happen a long time ago. You know, we still read about a David and Goliath like it happened yesterday. Do you understand what it just said? People are still inspired and use it as an encouraging uh, way of moving on this planet. That's the same thing with your testimony. Okay? I had a guy one time tell me that uh, he was watching Sid Roth, matter of fact. He was checking me out on the, on the Sid Roth show, and he kept on watching it. And he kept on watching it. And he finally watched it to this one guy that was telling him that there's somebody out there with a heart problem. All right? And he said that God was healing their heart. Well, he was due to go in to have open heart surgery. He felt like a hand touched him on the heart. All right? And so then when he went in for the prep to get this open heart surgery, they checked it out and they said, there ain't nothing wrong with your heart. You're healed. And that's great in itself. But I love what he said. Dean, you don't understand. This is what he said to me. The show was two years old. He said, I got healed off a rerun. That's our God, you guys. That's our God. So I'm hoping that this is inspiring some of you to take this, the testimony you have on the shelf and bring it back up and tell people again. And say, they already heard it. Doesn't matter how many times they've heard it. It's still God. Did you hear me? And especially your grandparents. You need to tell your grandchildren over and over how God has worked in your life. Wow. Amen. To tell you the truth. Even if they mock you. Yeah, I've got grandchildren. And they know almost every move I make. Do you understand what I mean? And, and they know I always say the word, it's good news. And they'll, they'll mock me. It's good news. You know, uh, I, I do things on, online. And at the end of it, I always say, dbraxton.com. Well, my grandchildren, if they do anything that shows themselves, they'll say, they'll say, uh, .com, uh my grandson, his name is JJ, he'll say, JJ and grandpa.com. <laughs> but the reality of it's getting in them. Yeah. And someday that which was yeah. in them will come up. Yeah. Do you guys hear me? Yeah. You need to grab what I'm saying yeah. here. This is very important for you. Because you've got to understand that testimony that God has given you is your opportunity to tell people how great your God is. Amen. That's all it is, you guys. All right? I've got um, a couple of gifts I've got to give out. And then we're going to show this DVD. Um, this DVD was done by the 700 Club a few years ago. They did six months of investigation before they would uh, come out and interview me. They just didn't say this man said he died and we're going to put him on TV. They went through the medical records, they talked to the doctors, and they did it several times with several experts throughout the country. And one thing they came up, yeah, the man really died. They, you could say I didn't go to heaven, all right? People could say, but you can't say I didn't die. I went 45 minutes, I went somewhere. I get to tell people because I was born again, because I knew Jesus Christ as Lord said, because I had the Holy Spirit residing on the inside of me. I went where Christians are supposed to go. It is not unusual for Christians to go to heaven. That's what happens to us when we leave our body. Now coming back is a whole different issue. I'm just letting you know that. You know, sometimes people say, well, didn't you love your wife? Didn't you love your kids? I said, I love them more than you could ever imagine. I was thinking, you come here. You come here where everything is right. 
There's nothing wrong there. It's past peace. There's nothing to be peaceful from. You know? And one of the things I tell people, everything was right and I fit. Hallelujah. I, I don't even know how to describe that to you. I fit. It wasn't like when I got there, God said, well, go over to the side because you just came from that place that got all kind of trouble down there. Quarantine area. I came to understand something. Us that are born again, we are created for rightness. That is our natural position. That's why you cannot stand wrongness. You were created for wrongness. You were only created for rightness. Is this good news? So I'm going to show that, but I'm going to give out some gifts here. Bernadette, did I get it right? Okay. I got a gift for you. My sister, um, Elder, back there, I gave her out a gift last night, and her pastor had a gift. Um, um, pastor, the, um, Lori, you know. These are uh, books. Gonna get over here. These are books, okay? There, there's one book written by my wife and two other books written by some friends. This book here, Tony knows the lady because he used to uh, oversee her, all right? Um, it's them, um, one is a testimony of the, her life and what she went through. She's a pastor there, close to Tony, and all the things that God brought her through. One is a book on healing. This lady goes around and teaches on healing. And the third one is my wife, because she went through to get the results she wanted. I always said she didn't want just her husband back on the planet. She wanted to be totally healed, okay? And according to the medical records, 29 different things went wrong with this body, and God healed all of them, and did not leave a residue. Do you hear what I just said? So I say that to you because I'm giving you this, these books. I gave some to Evelyn last night. There's, there's a reason I'm giving it to you. Because my father says he wants you to write a book. It's time. We need it in the kingdom. All right? We need it in the kingdom. And you may say, well, how do I start? All I'm going to say is you just start. God will guide you on doing it. It's needed in the kingdom. Does that make sense to you? So I wanted to give you these books. It sounds like if I come closer, I'm going to hear some hum. So can you come a little bit closer to me? All right? Okay. The other thing that he wants me to give you is these right here. Um, these are put out by a friend of mine. He cuts, cuts them out of wood. And they're for you to give to certain people that you come in contact with. And what it is, is the cross. With one leaning toward Christ, the one leaning away from Christ. All right? Um, so they're going to mean something when you give them to people, all right? That's really going to be significant in your eyes. Um, you can't buy these in stores. He, he makes them for me personally so that wherever I go, when it's time to give them out to people, I can give them out to people. But I feel like the Father said, give them to you because you'll find people to give them to. Okay? So just the, just the, so those are your gifts, all right, um, from the Father. You can say from Dean, but he knows what he's doing. I just do what he says. Okay. <laughs> Pastor Keith, I've got a gift for you. Um, this is a horn. Uh, my friend, that same one that makes those, give these to me. Um, for me to give to certain people I come in contact with. I don't give them out to everybody. Father tells me who to give them out to. 
Um, the horn is, is a floss. It's got oil in it, all right? Um, and it says, I am the Lord that healeth thee. And I don't go around, like I said, you're going to see some at Evans Church because he told me to give them to the pastor there last night. Um, but you're going to see him, and whenever you see him, you're probably going to say, Dean must have been here, okay? Um, because he, you can't buy him. Again, it's not something you go online and you could order. These are things that he makes for me to be able to give out to people as I go along. And I think there's something significant about it. I haven't figured it out yet because he hasn't told me. But he doesn't tell me to give them to everybody. And I know that um, they're personally made. And as you can see, they're not, they're just, so they mean something. And most of the time when I give them out to people, that means something to them more than I can imagine. All right, but there's something behind that. I, I, and I just don't know why, and, and I've been all over the country, and so it's not everywhere I get, and even overseas. You know, when I was in Ireland, he had me bring some over there and give them out to certain pastors over there. Um, when I was in uh, New Zealand, he had me give some out in New Zealand. And, um, so there's certain places I've gone around the world, and he said, this needs to go. I don't know what that means, but he does. So I just do it. Do you understand what I'm saying? That, this is a model for someone in the church because they're always trying to figure out why God wants them to do something instead of just do it and move on. You know, I always get to tell people, don't get you to heaven to keep you out. Jesus does. Somebody needs to grab what I just said there. Because whether you know about it or what it's doing doesn't matter, you still get to go. Is that good news, you guys? So, other things is I have books back there in the back and, um, I'm not going to talk anymore about the different books. Um, maybe I'll talk about them tomorrow, but um, I've never been really one to um, sell these books that well. I, I give away more than I probably sell, but God always provides me with the resources to be able to give. These, these, these books right here, these two ladies here, um, um, I'm, no, I'm not going to do that to <laughs> you. I was going to give one of you one in my book. And then say, you guys figure out which one books you want. You know what I mean? But God is, is telling me, you don't do that to you. Please don't do that. So you're going to get this book. All right? And then your friend will get this other book that my wife wrote. Okay? So, you, yeah, you got to come up again. Because it seems like if I move around, then, then there's a home that goes. So not just those, those two right there. Yeah, yeah. So that way it makes it easier. So you guys think, I wanted that book. Why did you get that book? You know, that type of thing. And then, um, where's my friend now? What's your name again? You know what I'm talking about, yeah. Avery. Avery, make sure you get the other two books before you leave here. You don't pay for them. You make sure you just pick them up at the table. Okay, Valerie, you in here? Okay, Valerie, I gave her two books, okay? And she knows it too, so. And tonight, I'll probably, you'll see people come up and they'll say, Dean said, all right? So that's just because God knows. I don't have to know. He knows. All right? But make sure you get the other two books. Okay? Okay. Um, I know you're not going to be here tomorrow. And he said that you needed the other two books too. Okay? Um, so I want to throw this to you. I love yellow. And so I want to throw this to you. All right? Not, not you. I'm talking to your friend. Well, I'm not going to. But I'm not going to throw it to her. I will do that. You know? It, it, you know, it's always when they throw it to you, it's not the one that's throwing that looks bad, it's the one that's catching that looks bad. 
Okay? But I don't know when the hum is going to come. I'm coming closer, I'm coming closer. Yeah, just here. Yeah. So, so I, got, I did that part that what the Father wanted me to do. We're going to watch this video. It's only seven minutes long. I'm going to come up. My goal here tonight, so that you know, number one is to reach those that don't know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. It does no good to talk about heaven if you don't know how to get there. Okay? That's number one. Number two, you that have are not doing what God wants you to do. Backsliding is, we always have uh, uh, equated to leaving the church, going back out there, doing your own thing, coming back. Really backsliding, if you look at it in the Hebrew, is an image of a donkey. We're on its behind, and the owner is trying to pull it forward. You could be going to church on a regular basis, but you're not doing what God wants you to do. Do you understand what I mean? And I believe many of our churches, we've got a lot of people that come and think they're meeting the requirements of what God wants them to do, knowing that God wants them to do more. And some of you say, well, I'm not qualified. I guarantee you all the people that God's ever called ain't been qualified. Even me. You understand what I'm talking about? You know, he's the one that's qualified. He just works through you. So I'm going to try to reach those that are what we call backsliding. You're sitting, are you doing, and it doesn't mean you're just coming and not doing anything in the church. I'm just saying, you know God wants to do more with you. Do you understand what I mean? And you say, well, did I do this and that? And I say, I'm telling you something. Start doing what God wants you to do, and all that stuff usually goes. Is when you sit down and don't do anything, you got trouble with stuff. But when you're busy in his kingdom, you ain't got time for that stuff. Okay? So I'm after that. I'm after two areas here. To get people to think about forgiving somebody. Because that is probably the biggest anchor for most Christians. Is that we hold on to unforgiveness. We say uh, that we know, we, but we don't... The, I always tell people, they're not getting away with something. You're just being released. And it isn't to put you back in a viable situation so you get abused. It just means that you're moving on in life. And then the other one is us that say we forgave someone, but we can't stand that their name is mentioned. We, can, we don't want anyone to ever talk about it. We don't want to hear about them. God can release you from that too. And then the last area is healing. I'll be honest with you, I'm one of those, yes, you can come up here, I can lay hands on you, and you get healed. I ask God just to heal you where you're at. Amen. And the main reason for that is because then if you're healed where you're at, the only one that gets credit is him. Amen. Okay, that's the agenda for tonight. You want to know what my agenda is? You want to know what he's trying to get at? Those are the areas I'm trying to get at. We're going to watch this DVD. It's going to show that I died. The doctor in it is Dr. Rigge. He is a highly acclaimed doctor out of the state of Washington. After this happened, he was voted in the top 10 doctors in the state of Washington. He was voted as the number one care, uh, patient care doctor in the state of Washington. His credentials are solid. You know what I mean? And so you're going to hear his comments on what took place in my life. You're going to see my wife. Um, people always ask me, well, your wife didn't come with you. I always tell people, I'm the one that's called, she gets to choose. Amen. You know what I mean? Uh, it, it, it's just the way it is. We have a great relationship, me and her. I talked to her just before I came to church here. You know what I mean? She understands. 
God provides, He takes great care of us. Uh, I, I wish sometimes I could share with people how much He takes care of us. You guys, I don't solicit for funding. And God provides enough resources in, and He can tell you. He said, well, how much of it is going to cost for me to fly you in? I said, I'll take care of it. Ain't that what I told you? You know, every trip I've taken in the last few years, we paid for up front. And all we've ever asked, in some places, can't even afford me to stay in a place. They may have put me in a home, but they sometimes, we pay for it all. God takes care of every bit of it. Somebody needs to hear this. You do His will, He takes care of it. You know what I say? If He wants you to do it, He's going to take care of it. And if I don't get to do it, I still get to go to heaven. You guys got to grab that right there. It's not going to stop you from going to heaven because you didn't get to do something you thought you should do on this planet. As long as you're born again, you get to go. Is that good news, you guys? That's freedom. So we're going to watch that. My wife said it. It tells you what she did. Uh, one of the things that she did that I like to point out is that after this has happened to me and I, and I came back and I was laying in the, in the hospital and they had the incubator, the incubator inside of me doing the breathing for me and uh, they had put me on 24-hour dialysis because all those things are shut down. Nothing was operating. You understand me? Uh, she went to battling for me. I said she battled for me. And she didn't, she didn't even stay at the hospital, you guys. Every night she would go home and just battle for me. Hours she spent praying. I call her the general because she told others how to battle for me. She didn't let people just pray over me. Okay. Matter of fact, she put a note outside the door that said, no one comes into this room without Mrs. Braxton's permission. Because <laughs> she wouldn't let anybody in that room that didn't believe I could be healed. She even told people, sometimes there were a couple people that came and started telling their hard luck story. My sister had this and now she said, visiting hours is over. She wouldn't let them in. Some of you got to do this. You're letting too many people speak death over your life. And you need this. And you could, I know you say, well, I'll offend them. How many people were offended by this? And look at the results. I'm not only just standing in front of you. I lost oxygen to my brain for an hour and 45 minutes. There's no way medically I should be talking to you. Usually five to eight minutes and you have brain damage. Sometimes my wife thinks I have brain damage. That's because I'm going to tell you why she thought I had brain damage. Because she said that she would put the garbage by the door after I came back, and I would look past it like it wasn't there. I told her, I said, well, when I got to heaven, there was no garbage. I got out of the habit real quick. You know what I mean? Seriously, that's what I told her. I just got out of the habit. You know? But the reality of it, I have no brain damage. You know, they brought me in the hospital over and over to do all time to test on me because this is a miracle. My toes were had died because when you lose oxygen to your 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 body for an hour and forty five minutes, really seventeen minutes, really I had no blood. I was considering what you call kind of could get. I had no blood and no oxygen going through my body. So my toes had died. They were gonna bring me back in to chop off all ten of my toes. Like that lady you know you were telling me about with the hand and everything like that. You know? But what did our God do? He healed all ten of my toes. Hallelujah. I have no residue. Like, and I'm not making it up to make it sound good. It don't have to. That's how great our God is. Yeah. Yeah. You guys hear what I just said? Yeah. That's our God. Yeah. That's how good he is. Somebody needs to hear that because you need that in your life. Yeah. That's what you need. Yeah. Okay? 
So I'm going to share those things. So we're going to watch the DVD seven minutes long, and then I'm going to come back up, and I'm going to roll. And I'm looking at the time, so I'm going to roll. And what I mean by that is I'm going to be firing out a whole bunch of stuff. You catch what you can, because those are the tools that you need. Don't try to catch everything. All right? Evelyn can tell you, there's a lot of stuff that come out of me. And people, they meditate on it for months. Okay? But everything that comes out of me is in your word. Seriously. You gotta realize it's in your word. So, you ready? Yes. Go. The first thing that comes to me is he's bright, 
Just like John says, he's brighter than the noonday sun. And the next phrase I say, I wish people could grab it. And it's this one. And we can look at him. And what you're looking at is not so much the physical part of it. You're really experiencing the love he has for you. And I tell people, it's, it's like he only loves you and no one else. I saw him communicating to angels. He would just look at them. Communication there was thought to thought. They would acknowledge his receiving his information, bow before him like this, and then back out. And it was like, whoa. Dean admits he didn't want to come back. And I don't tell you the truth. I was happy. I was planning on staying, you know, and people always say, you know, didn't you love your wife and your children? Yes, I loved them probably more than I ever could. But I was thinking, you come here. You come here where everything is right. Then Dean saw family he hadn't seen in a long time. And yet, on the other side of Jesus was my family, my grandmother Mary, but with her were other relatives. And some I had recognized. I had been on this planet when they were here. But then there was generation after generation after generation after generation of those that accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior that helped to produce me on this planet. They came to greet me in, and it was like, God. While Dean was in heaven, Marilyn continued asking God for a miracle. I purposed in my heart that whatever the outcome, I was gonna follow God all the way. After an hour and 45 minutes, Dean came back with a weak but steady heart rate. But the bacteria had done a lot of damage and he had to go on dialysis. I did not think he was gonna survive. I, I, in a way, I, I told his wife that you know, now we have just to pray and, and wait because there's nothing else I can do. I believe in healing. I believe that God is a healer. And uh, I was trusting God for Dean's healing. Three days later, Dean woke up. He was so eager. We gotta get people saved. We gotta let people know about Jesus. Despite doctors' concerns that Dean's prolonged ordeal would leave him impaired or even worse, there are no signs that Dean even had a brush with death. He's the picture of health. In fact, the staff at St. Francis Hospital dubbed him the Miracle Man. It's a miracle he's alive. There's no question about it. It is a miracle. There's a bad life that he's talking, that he has no brain damage. Uh, but but this, this is very exceptional because he was really, really dead for, for a long time. So what does a man do who's experienced heaven and still wants to be there? Dean says Jesus told him something that keeps his feet firmly planted. I felt like he was saying, I need you there or I need you here. And I came to understand then how important it was for me to complete what God had put me on this planet to do. The bottom line is, until I'm finished here, you know, and, and I cannot go back home. I tell people most of the time, I'm on my way home. Don't get me wrong, I'm on my way home. This is the pathway my father says I have to go to get home. Praise the Lord.
I usually um, hand that um, DVD out with the um, with the books. Um, the 700 Club gave us permission to use it whatever way we wanted to, and so we just tried to hand them out to people as, as many people as possible. Not because we're advertising ourselves, okay? I get to tell people all the time, my name doesn't get you in, Jesus does. Amen. Okay, if you don't remember me, that's okay. I, I, you know, I don't know about anybody else, but that's so much freedom. You know what I mean? It's all about Jesus. It really is all about Jesus, you know? And so, um, but one of the things is, I, that, that, that story's been scrutinized so much by so many people. Even Inside Edition one time, I like to tell this, they were gonna do a story on near-death experiences and I was gonna be one of the people. But their story was gonna be on how it was fakey and it wasn't true. And so they did their investigation on me and they came back and they said, we can't use you, your story is too true. You know what I mean? <laughs> and the thing that got me was they were telling me like I was gonna be disappointed and I was not gonna be on TV and I thought, you're trying to prove that I'm a liar, why would I? <laughs> you know? And to be honest with you, for the first five years, no medical doctor would come forward. And the main reason is because they made some mistakes and they killed me. Okay, I had a kidney stone, I had a kidney infection, and it wasn't Dr. Rigge, he was the one that was brought in to clean up the mess. It was another doctor that did it. But they, and they were scared that, and we were going to get information, they, they fought me to get the records like you wouldn't believe, all right? Because they thought all we were doing was gathering information so that we could sue them. And I always tell people, you go to heaven and come back and see how many people you sue. You know, I was in a better place, a lot better place, you guys. So I share that with you because I just want you to understand that I can prove I died. It's been, it's, I've been scrutinized like you wouldn't believe. Hour and 45 minutes, that's what the medical records say. That's not me saying it, that's what the medical records say. But I get to say the next thing, which is my favorite statement probably all night long. I was born again. Amen. I knew Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. I had the Holy Spirit residing on the inside of me. I went where Christians are supposed to go. And, and the other reason I say that, because I want to defuse something. Because some, oh, you got to go to heaven. Oh, wow. That's, but I want you to understand, if you're born again, you're going to. Seriously. Now, in me sharing this, I, I, I bring up scripture a whole lot. You know? Uh, uh, I tell people, my story doesn't prove the word of God, the word of God proves my story. I, I, I tell people you can have these experiences, but you must filter them through the word of God. You've got to. You're gonna, you're gonna hear people that have had experiences, and they're gonna say things, and you're gonna say, I don't know about that. And they're not gonna back it up with the word of God. Okay, and let me tell you why they say it that way. Because that's their flesh interpreting it, not their spirit. Because your, your flesh cannot enter into that realm. It's your spirit that can only enter in that realm. And when it comes back with information, if you have an out-of-body experience, now your flesh is wrestling with, how do I explain this? I use the Word of God because I believe that the Word of God was inspired by the Spirit. And if anybody knows how to describe it, it would be the Spirit, God Almighty. You guys getting this? Because some of you have had spiritual experiences. But you have not filtered it through the Word of God. And you need to do it. Number two reason you need to do it is because you're making yourself in a club. It's like a na 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 I got it and you don't. 
I tell people 99% of everything I experienced when I was with the Father in Jesus, and I experienced some stuff, I can find in the Word of God. You guys getting this? Okay. Number three reason I use the Word of God is because I'm way short. I'm way short in describing it, you guys. I'm trying to explain a eternal realm and a temporal realm. And I'm trying to use the five senses. I'm trying to tell you what I saw. I use the word L-I-K-E a whole lot. It's like this. I'm not saying that's the way it is. This is the closest I can come to describing it. If you read your Bible, you're going to find out in Revelation and Ezekiel, Daniel, when they describe those spiritual things, they say L-I-K-E a whole lot. We remove the L-I-K-E a whole lot. And we say, this is what, no, they saying like this. You read the Bible, it's in there. I can tell you what I heard. I can tell you what I experienced, but I'm, I, I'm going to let you know something. I'm relying on you that are born again, that when I say it, because you've had experience with God, you bear witness with it. Do you guys hear what I just said? Your, your thinking may not bear witness with it, but your spirit does. And that's your problem wrestling with your spirit. Do you understand what I'm talking about? There is a scripture in the Bible that says that the carnal wrestles with the spirit and they're at war all the time. Do you guys hear what I just said? Most of you really don't have a problem with the devil. You have a problem with your own flesh. I'm just telling you right now, the devil just comes alongside to, to agree with you on it. But it's your flesh that you're really wrestling with. Do you guys hear me? But if you know the Bible, you've been set free from that. You just need to start living it. I just put that out there. I don't know why I put that out there, but I just put that out there. Okay? But the bottom line is, so I can't tell you what it tastes like, and I can't tell you what it smells like. And since I can't tell you what it tastes like, and I can't tell you what it smells like, because everything I'm getting ready to talk about had a smell to it and has a taste. Everybody in this room has a smell to it. Whether you put makeup, uh, I mean, perfume on or cologne, it doesn't matter. You still got a smell. Every place on this planet has a smell and a taste to it. You know, dogs know that. You ever see dogs, they come up and sniff you and lick you. <laughs> Do you guys know what I'm talking And that's how they tell who you really are. They just don't look at you and see you and say that's what you are. They just don't hear you and say that's just what you are. You know what I mean? They come and they get the last two pieces that we don't do. And I'm not advocating a new religion where you go around licking and smelling people. You know, you gotta watch out for that stuff. We the church of the lickers and the smellers. You know what I'm talking about? I've seen it come, people do that. So I can't tell you that. And the main reason I can't share that with you is because there's something here that's not there. It's called death and decay. And whether you realize it or not, you're smelling it all the time. It's in the air. Some people say, well, I smell heaven, it smells like flowers. Even if you go to the flowers and try to smell it, you still got to filter out death and decay. Because there's no death and decay in heaven. No one's dying. No one's decaying. Nothing is falling apart. You guys getting this? You know? I tell people, if you really want to uh, 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 know that that's going on, go to a hospital. Most of us hate going to a hospital because we can't stand the smell. And what are you smelling? Death and decay. Elderly home. Death or decay. Yeah. So he's, I don't know about outhouse. What about outhouse? Yeah. Bathroom. Death and decay is in that place. And whether you realize it or not, 
It's around us all the time. And it's in the air. So I can't give you the full picture, so I go to the Word of God. And if I can give you the Word of God, then the Holy Spirit on the inside of you can take it and take you further. He wants to take you further. What I'm sharing tonight is most of the time to open up a door to an area. And then He wants to take you further. The assignment is this. Something's going to touch you tonight. And I guarantee you, what God is saying, come on, I'm going to show you even more. I may have gone by it real fast. I may have said it real quick. But the Father is saying, I want to take you further. Now, it's up to you whether you want to get, go further. But I can tell you, He wants Detroit. I urge you to go further. He wants Detroit. So, one of the scriptures I start off with is found in John, the 14th chapter, starting at the first verse. I'm going to go there because I want to read that to you. And this is what it says here. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. This is Jesus Christ talking. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself. That where I am, there you may be also. And where I go, you know. And the way you know. Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you're going. How can we know the way? Jesus said to him, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Remember, I'm not going to be able to go through the whole thing that I usually go through. I'm going to emphasize certain areas, okay? I already, he's already told me how far I can go tonight. I'll be honest with you, it's barely into heaven. All right? And I know some of you are not going to be able to make it back tomorrow. Tomorrow I'm going to go further in. And, and Sunday night, I'll see what he says. We may just do a question and answer. Well, I just take questions and answer. You know, uh, I do that all over the place. The reason I do it, it's one of the things that I told the Lord that I would not talk about anything unless this person been brought up in a question. And so I go many places to take questions. Now, I'll be honest, a lot of the questions have been asked over the years. So I've been doing it going on 12 years. But every once in a while, somebody come up with a new question. And it opens up a new area for me to talk about. You understand what I'm talking about? Because see, the reality of it is, you guys, you're going to see it any way. You're going to see it any way. I'll be honest with you. You didn't born again, you're going to see it. And, and even if I said something that you didn't believe that was there, and when you get there, you see it, you're not going to even come up to me if I'm there and say, Dean, you were right. You're not going to say, Dean, you were right about this place. You're going to come and say, Dean, you were way short with describing this place. You guys getting this? All right. So we'll see what happens Sunday. Me and the pastor will talk about it, and God will move like he wants to. But I'm just letting you know I'm not going to be able to go through everything. Okay? He knows, he knows the hearts of you. And one change of a heart changes the agenda. Somebody better grab what I just said. Okay? So here it is. I just read that scripture to you. That was Jesus Christ talking. To me, I envisioned Jesus on a mountain, shouting out to the entire world, trust me. You're going to leave your body someday, but you that are connected to me are coming where I am. Everybody on the planet is going to leave their body sooner or later. I'm going to leave my body again. My wife has promised that she would not pray me back the next time. My life has changed, you guys. She did not have the same husband that left the planet that went to heaven and came back. Mm -hmm. And I wasn't a bad guy at the, at, when I left. We were at the top of our relationship when I left this planet. Mm -hmm. 
When I came back, I was not the same man. Amen. You know? And the only reason she stayed with me is because she's a praying woman. Most of the people that go through this experience end up in a divorce. Because the person is so changed. You would think, oh, no, they're not thinking the same anymore. I'm just telling you that right now. You know, you think about it. I go everywhere and tell people I want to stay. How many women in this room would like to hear their husband say, I really didn't want to be down here on the planet with you. I wanted to stay. Do you guys hear me? That takes a special heart to be able to do that. She doesn't like watching the video. You know why she doesn't? Because it reminds her what she went through during that time frame. And you think if she was here, I would have shown that video, she would have walked out. She'd come back in, but she would have walked out. But because she's a praying woman, we're still together. Do you guys hear what I just said? Just so that you understand that. No. But everybody on this planet is going to leave their body sooner or later. Us that are connected to Jesus Christ, we're going where he is. Not because I believe I'm going to where he is, because he said I go where he is. See, so you don't have to believe you go to heaven when you die. You don't have to believe that. You have to believe in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. You said you'd be saved, but it didn't say you had to believe in that you go to heaven to be saved. But the good thing about it was, you believe or not, you already did, you get to go any old way. I get to go to all kinds of denominations and places to talk. Because when you have this strong story, people want to hear it. I've been to two groups that are what they call soul sleepers. That means they believe you die and you stay on the ground until the trumpet sound is found in First and Second Thessalonians, and then you rise up. Okay, that's what they believe. You don't go straight to heaven. You're going to lay on the ground for a while. But I guarantee you, they want to again, guess where they're going? They're going to be with the Father and Jesus. I always say that when they get there, they can argue about it. But you know they ain't going to be arguing. They're going to be glad they were wrong. Yeah. And don't think you got it all together either. There's a lot of things that, that we got wrong. But it don't keep us out of heaven, nor does it get us in. Jesus does. Is this good news, you guys? Some of you, the reason I'm sharing this with you, everyone can tell you, this is different than last night. The reason I'm sharing it is because it's freeing you up. You got work to do. And some of this is baggage that's been stopping you from doing the work of God. Do you understand what I mean? So I'm sharing things with you in a way that sometimes I don't get to share with people because you need to let go of the baggage. Do you guys hear me? I want you to understand how free you really are. That you get to go because you know Jesus Christ is going to save you. Not because you believe this, this, and this. Not because you're doing this, this, and this. Not because you've done this, this, and this. Because you know Jesus. Hallelujah. And it's out of your hands. Hallelujah. You leave the body, or leave this planet, you're going. Whether you like it or not. Amen. Is this good news? Yeah. You've got to understand how free you really are. Okay? So here it is. The other part of it says he's the only way. There is no other way. This is what I try to get my brothers and sisters to see. Because we put that on a level that it's not on. We put it on the same level as a person that believes in Buddha, or a person that believes in Muhammad, or people that are Hindu. It's not. See, this is not a belief system. This is the way it is, whether you believe it or not. You've got to understand, this is the way it is, whether you believe it or not. And somebody in the room may say, that's your belief system. And I'll say, you'll find out. 
Because everybody's going to leave this body sooner or later. And they're going to be faced with it. But my Bible says something else. And it's not arrogance I'm saying. And it's not pride I'm saying. Really, it's a sad scripture I'm getting ready to tell you. Every knee will bow. Every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. It's better that you do it here because there it is too late. Hallelujah. Somebody needs to hear this because you're worried about offending somebody. I'm telling you, it's better they're offended on the planet. Do you understand? Because when they're offended, it's too late. I'm just putting it out there so you grab these things. So you hold on to them. So you understand, this is not a belief system. This is the way it is. I remember after this happened to me, I used to work um, as a drug and alcohol, um, uh, well, I was in uh, probation and I supervised uh, uh, treatment court in, 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 uh, in uh, what's it called? drug court. It's a country all over the world. For juveniles. I worked in juvenile system for 30 years. Left it. Left it. <laughs> I used to tell people I would do it until the day I died and then I died. Didn't think I would come back. Do you understand what I mean? Because I didn't make the trip to... I, see, I didn't go to heaven to come, go there and do a scouting expedition and come back here to tell you. That was not my goal. I was heading home. But I share that with you because right after this happened to me, it was during a, a big conference that we were having down in uh, San Antonio. I was supposed to go down there, then I died, so I didn't get to go down there. Okay? And they got the report I was dead. All the people down there, all the, it was a big conference. I mean, I was part of a national group that comes together to talk about how to work with juveniles when it comes to drug and alcohol stuff. You know, I was a, a considered an expert in the field. Do you guys hear me? And they were all down in San Antonio meeting together, and they get the word, I died. You know, one of the guys, because we had ministers that would come and they were part of the team, uh, Reverend Babers was his name, United Methodist, he stood up and he prayed. So he prayed and among all the people there that I would live. See, it wasn't just my wife that was praying for me. That got the results. Do you guys hear me? Sometimes we get one person, and, 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 but there's a lot of people using praying for somebody. Do you guys hear me? Okay. And, and he ain't picking me. I ain't listening to you because you, and I, but I'm listening to them. He's listening to you all. Do you guys hear me? So he prayed. So, so I say that to you because later on, the next one that we had was in Hawaii. And everybody said, oh, you, you got to go to Hawaii. What's, I went to hell, what do you think? I was looking at Hawaii like, this ain't even coming close. Everybody else was, wow, we're down in Hawaii. We're having a good time. I'm thinking, this doesn't even come close. Uh, and some people always say, you need to go to Israel. I'm thinking, you don't know where I've been. I know Israel is a profound, changing uh, uh, experience in a lot of people's lives. But I went to be, be with the Father in Jesus. Hallelujah. Do you guys hear me? Yeah. So I'm in Hawaii, and, and the group heard I died. And most of them don't know Christ. They don't, they don't have a con. So they wanted to hear the story. They wanted me to talk about what it was like to die and go to be with the Father. So during the lunch hour, because we couldn't do it on government time, we had to do it on the lunch hour, they had me stand up and tell what it was like to go to be with the Father of Jesus. And I said, you know, when I got there, he looked at me, saw himself on the inside of me, and I was in. He didn't ask for a resume. 
He didn't say, did you do this, do this, do that. He just saw himself on the inside of me, and I was him. So that didn't make a lot of people happy there because there are some people that believe this and some people believe this and some people believe this. And so they started drilling me. But what about the good people? I don't know about them. I just know when I got there, he looked at me, saw himself on the inside of me, and I was in. Well, we, we're Native Americans and we believe in this spirit and this spirit. And I, I said, I don't know all about that. All I know is when I got there, he looked at me, saw himself on the inside of me, and I was in. So you're saying the only way you get in is through Jesus. I can tell you, he looked at me, saw himself on the inside of me, and I was in. They were not happy because I was saying that. And I said to them, it's not a belief system. It's the way it is. I'm not telling you something I believe. This is the way it is, whether you believe it or not. And we that are born again got to grab this. We think it's our belief system. It's not. It didn't come into existence when I accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. It was there before I accepted Him, and it's there afterwards. And everybody's going to find out. Everybody. Sooner or later. Sometimes people say, well, Dean, why do you talk about that part of it and don't just get to heaven? And I always say, if you don't know how to get there, what good is it? I didn't come back here to wow you and make you say, wow, that sounds cool. No, if you don't know how to get there, what good is it? So that you understand something. The only reason a person is created, and we always say it's to worship God, it goes surpass that. Because most of us in the book, I, I say, true worship is doing the will of God. That's what I wrote in that Deep Worship in Heaven book. True worship is doing the will of God. But it goes past that. Let me tell you something. The reason you were created was for one reason, to be with him forever. Whether you realize it or not, every child that is created inside of their mother is created for one reason, and that is to be with God forever. Did you guys hear what I just said? He wants you there. You know? So here I am in the hospital. Had this kidney stone stuck on the right side, causing the kidney infection. They gave me antibiotics, but they didn't go back to check it, make sure it was um, taken care of. The doctor told me later on, the one that did the operation, that shouldn't have done the operation, said you you were 99.9% of the uh, 1% of 1% of 1% of the people that didn't affect the, the antibiotics. You understand what I mean? So when they blasted the stone, they pushed the poison into my body. And everything in his body started shutting down. We came what you call septic, of sepsis. You know what I mean? And, and everything started shutting down. The first thing to shut down on my lungs, I suffocated. I died the worst death I could have died. And some people say, why was that the worst death that you could have died? Because there was one way I was telling God I did not want to die, and it was suffocation. I would literally go to him and say, if I'm going to die, don't let it be suffocation. Because I almost drowned as a little kid. I knew what it was like to not have air coming into your body and, and struggling for that air. And I never wanted to experience that ever again. You know? I even said, hey, well, let them shoot me in the head because I never experienced that. I don't know what that's like. Let them chop my head off. I'm okay with that. But that suffocation, he ain't going through that again. 
and here I am suffocating. I remember when they were, after the operation, they were wheeling me down the hallway, and I was getting shower and shower of breath. It was getting shower, you guys. You know when you gasping for air. And all of a sudden, something rose up on the inside of me, and it said, I am dying. I really believe it comes with the package. When you become born again, it's put inside of you. And when that moment comes upon you, you're not going to be as surprised as you think. You're going to know you're dying. A better way, I always say, you're leaving the planet. Do you guys hear what I just said? And I was thinking, I hadn't been shot in the head, I didn't fall off a building, but I am dying. And you don't go into the hospital and die because of a kidney stone. You feel like you're dying. Do you guys hear what I just said? No. And the doctor that did it, he had, once he figured out what was going on, he went, and he didn't talk no. Even Dr. Reagan, when Dr. Reagan didn't get the information. You guys hear me? He had to operate off of blindness, really, by the prayers of people praying for him. You guys hear me? Because he, he will tell you that his normal working on a person is 30 minutes, and for some reason he knew he needed to work on only another 30 minutes, and another 30 minutes, and another 15 minutes. I really believe it because people were praying. Yeah. I really believe he would have kept on working on me until he got the results God wanted. Yeah. Is this good news, you guys? Some of you need to know that. Because you're taking the information that you're getting from the world, and you're not going to what God has told you to do. <laughs> do you guys hear me? No. So here I am. I'm, I realize I'm dying. And I'm suffocating. And it's not going like I thought it would go. Because I thought I'd be hysterical. I thought I'd be panicking. I thought I'd be freaked out. Because that's the way they did it on TV. You guys know what I'm talking about? But all of a sudden, this peace, joy just rolls up on the inside of me. And the next words that I said to myself inside of my spirit, they were out loud, I'm going home. Joy, peace, comfort just took over you guys. I'm going to tell you something. If my brother, Keith, would have came in that room and tried to lay hands on me, I would have knocked him off. Because <laughs> I was going home. Seriously, you guys. I know we like to raise people from the dead. But I'm telling you something. And I'm not saying don't because it wasn't my time. When I got there, Jesus said, no, it's not your time. Go back. And because of my wife and others praying, my body was preserved for me to be able to come back in. Do you guys hear me? But the reality of it, you guys, I'm telling you, the pull is strong. Some of you think you're just walking in that direction. You're being pulled in that direction. Do you hear me? Joy, peace, comfort came off. I get to go to tell people what it's like to die as a Christian. I cannot tell you what it's like to die as a person that doesn't know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. I can only tell you what it's like to die as a person that does. And sometimes people say, well, that's just what you think and how you believe it. I always say, you'll find out. There ain't going to be no arguing out of me. Don't have to argue with anybody. This is the one experience we're all going to experience. Sooner or later, we're going to leave our body or die. Do you guys hear me? It happened to me. You know, the, the man said, well, he was really, really dead. 
I always get to tell people, I didn't know you could be really, really dead. I thought you just died and that was it. Now, 145 minutes, that's what the medical records say. So I get to come back and tell you what it was like to die as a Christian. One that was born again. One that accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. I believe that it's not that way for those that do not know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. So what I'm going to share with you is not given out to everybody. It's given out to those that have made a commitment to Jesus Christ. And you may say, actually, how you think it is. I heard other people say this and that. Most of the time, people don't know what they're saying. I'm just being honest with you. But remember I told you it's in the Word of God? See, I came to understand something. I did not die. My body did. I left my body and it died. It wasn't that my body died and I left. Scripture says that. Faith without works is dead. Just like the body is dead without the spirit. What is that saying? That's saying your spirit has to leave first. Then your body dies. I wasn't there. You know when Paul said there's no more sting and death? That's what he's talking about. You that are born again, you're not going to experience it. If you try to ask me what it was like to, to die, I always have to tell people, I don't know. I wasn't there. It's in the Word, you guys. Even how the Spirit came into the body. The body was not alive until God, what? Breathed into it the breath of life. You guys getting this? Your, your spirit can live without your body, but your body cannot live without your spirit. One of the things my body said to me when I was thinking about it later on in the hospital room. Processed a whole lot laying there in that hospital room. I heard my body say, you will never do that to me again. Most of us don't realize that carnality on us is alive. Do you guys hear me? The, you're, you're wrestling with it more often than you think. You think you're wrestling with the enemy. You're really wrestling with that carnality or the flesh. Just to let you know that. That's where it's really coming from. I'm not saying the enemy is not involved in it. I'm just letting you know that really it starts with your own flesh. So here it is. My body said that to me one time. I got fed up with my body. I got fed up, Keith. I did. You know? And this is what I said to it. If you don't shut up, I'm leaving. Because it can't live without me, but I can live without it. Is this good news? I'm just letting you know that right off the bat. So my spirit left and then my body died. I've had people come up to me and say, I was in the room and I saw them breathe their last. What you saw was the body struggling without the spirit. That spirit was gone. You think they tied that terrible death, they were gone. Do you guys hear me? The other, the other thing I tell people, they say, well, didn't they get in a terrible car accident? Didn't they have to say, no, they left before it happened. Is this good news, you guys? It comes with the package. I didn't know it came with the package until I experienced it. But it's in the Word of God. See, and let me read this to you. Remember I told you the Bible says things about it? And, and I thought this was, uh, um, as you say, really um, something that was... I'm going to read the scripture to you because I want you to hear it. Not for me. I want you to hear what the Word says. It's in the Word. 
It's found in Hebrews, the ninth chapter. I mean, Hebrews, the second chapter, the ninth verse. It says this, But we see Jesus, who was made lower than the angels for a little while, now crowned with glory and honor, because he suffered death, so that by God's grace, he would experience death on behalf of everyone. He not only experienced your physical, I mean, your spiritual death, he experienced your physical death on that cross. The way you are supposed to suffer in those final moments, he did it for you on the cross. So that you don't have to go through it. Is this good news? The reason I'm telling you this, because there are times when you're going to have to do something, and it seems like you're going to suffer. And I'm going to tell you right now, if you're never going to suffer death, what is that? Do you guys hear me? You're so free compared to never suffering death. Do you guys hear me? You're so free that those things should be minor things now on. Because you don't even have to suffer death. Is this good news, you guys? It's in the Word. When He died on that cross, He already paid for your death. The sad thing about it is, He did it for everybody. There's not one person that has ever existed from the time of Adam to the time up to Jesus to the time after Jesus that he didn't die for. He suffered all of their deaths. And there were people that did not come to God, he still suffered their death. It says everyone. It didn't say some of them. It didn't say those who just believed in him. It says everyone. But to be able to get the benefit of what he has done, you got to accept him as Lord and Savior. Is this good news, you guys? Yeah, yeah. I didn't know this until it happened to me. You know, Keith, you got to think. I have a theological background. I have a master's in, in, in pastoral counseling. All right? I went to Welling Baptist University. So I had this stuff, all right, inside of me. And I read the Bible. I studied the Bible. And for some reason, I missed that. And when I came back, I'm thinking, oh, boy, this is outside of my box. I always tell people, when I got to heaven, he blew a ton of my boxes apart. But he didn't go outside his word. He went outside my boxes. But he didn't go outside his word. You guys grabbing what I'm just saying here? You know? So here I am, coming back and having this. And I'll be honest with you, you know, I can't talk about it with nobody, because ain't nobody asked a question. Remember, I'm not going to say something unless someone asked a question. And then I did a program called Beyond and Back. It was a national program. They used to show it on TV all over the place. And I was one of the people they got to do this program, Beyond and Back. And they interviewed me during that time saying, what was it like to die? And then I could start telling them, this is what happened to me. And it was outside my box, but it's in the Word of God. Is this good news, you guys? And I came to understand, he did it for everybody. So Jesus Christ, the Lord of God, we don't even grab it. Has, he literally suffered the painful death that everybody would go through. So that they wouldn't have to go through it. The sad thing about it is, many people are going through it and they don't have to. Because they haven't gotten the benefit. Is this good news? That's why some of you, when you were in the room and you saw the smile on their face, because they weren't suffering. And I know we said, well, now they're gone, they ain't suffering. They didn't suffer at the moment. 
as he suffered for them. Is this good news? I like the way the King James Version says it, or New King James. He says he tasted it. Yeah. That's what it says. And then he says he did it for this reason. And I like to read um, the, the next scripture down that says it. It's found, well, I'll just say it because I don't have it here. This is in the 15th verse. And it says this. He did it so you would not have fear of dying. He did it so you would not fear death. You know, over there, when they're talking about those people that get their heads cut off because they know Jesus Christ is Lord and Savior, guess what? Before their heads get cut off, they're gone. And I'm not advocating cutting off people's heads. But I'm letting you know that Jesus Christ already felt the blade hit his for them. He did it for everybody. 